0: Hey, Lisa, can you hear me? Yeah, I sure can. Good morning. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from a chiropractor appointment, so my head is screwed on straight.
1: <coughs> <laughs> oh, I just got back from the gym, so I'm starting to really focus on my health. I want to be around for my grandkids. so There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a great goal. Yeah, for sure. Um, so thank you so much for being flexible and taking the time out to talk to me again. Yeah, you betcha. I see that we're going to be moderators together on that group with Trey Carmichael.
0: Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. Ah, uh, He really is. He's got a great heart. Yeah, he does. So tell me how you... um how you met Trey, what's, uh? yeah, so I met Trey
0: when, um, he'll laugh, when he was a snot-nosed freshman in high school, yeah. Um, he and my son were um, best buds, so they spent some time hanging out, and um, I loved the volunteer at the school where they were both going to, it was a, a charter school, a public charter school, Um, And I liked just kind of hanging out with kids um, and providing a space where they could show up and be authentic and real and um, not wear masks and learn to just get comfortable in who they were. And so that's how I got to know um, Trey. And then, um, oh, about this time last year, Maybe not even that long ago, actually, probably earlier this year. um, He reached out to me um, when he decided that he kind of wanted to get out of the life that he was living Right. and said, hey, you always said you would uh, help me. Um, I'm reaching out to you. And I'm like, come on, big guy, let's do this. Oh,
1: that's awesome. So you guys live real close together.
0: Yeah, he actually, so I live in um, Austin, Texas. He um, he has the benefit of living out in Wimberley, which is in the beautiful hill country of Texas. Um, so, but it's only like 30, 45 minutes apart. So yeah. easy
1: that's, to connect. That's wonderful. So did you always um, work with high schoolers or was it just when your son was in High no. So, um,
0: like I still have a, um, I have a huge heart for the next
1: generation
0: of leaders and I happen to believe that everybody has the capacity to lead. It just sure. looks different how different types of individuals like to lead out. So I love working with the next generation behind me. Um, I mean, I love working with anybody who, who wants to, um, change and end up in a better place than where they are today. But I have a particular soft spot um, for the next generation. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I definitely relate to that because I too um, have, a, have a real want to um, help as many uh, folks coming up as possible. Um, mm. You know, I feel like every generation has that stigma you know, at one point or another that they're lazy and entitled, you know, Mm -hmm. but we as, you know, the generation that's now saying that, um, we don't, we don't remember when the generation before us said the same thing about us, you know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I feel like because of the internet, there's a lot of judgment that happens Mm -hmm. with teenagers and 20 something for Mm -hmm. no reason, you know, there's, I mean I don't know about you but if Facebook was around when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, I would there would have been some really horrible things online for me as well, you know. Sure. So, sure. yeah. Um so yeah, so I I definitely agree with that. And I'm usually the adult at the table, you know, when everybody's lamenting about, you know, the millennials and how they're you know, lazy and entitled. And I always look around and I say, well, if they're lazy and entitled, who raised them? Yeah. Cause they didn't come here that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I think we just don't know how to give people, we don't know how to give each other space and really kind of find out what's really going on in each other's lives. Um, and really meet each other in that space. We, exactly. you know, we're ways to, we think we're so, um, so intellectualized that we we're kind of programmed to look at people, make cursory judgments, um, put them in a box and, uh, and there they shall stay till we deem that they are otherwise. Right. And, um, I, I, you know, I've just learned from people putting me in boxes right that um i just don't think that's really how we're made to interact with each other you know right. i think that we actually have the capacity within each of us to learn to encounter each other with no pretense or judgment learn how to ask really great questions that help us kind of experience where the other person's at and and actually try to understand where they are then we can figure out well like how can we engage right with each other so that we can move forward and maybe express a different outcome than just kind of you know finger pointing and scapegoating at each other
1: right so I completely agree with that it's um I think as like you said, as human beings, we are programmed um, to not invest in others. Yeah. And standing there and saying, how are you? And waiting for an answer, that's an investment. Yeah. And I don't know that a lot of people do that. Um, not because, you know, they're, they don't care, but they just feel there's no time to like stop And take into consideration, like you said, what that other person is going through and where they've been and where they are now. Um, So when I when I do my lives, um, I talk a lot about my kids um, and looking back on the mistakes that I made, um, you know, the, the challenges that I know that they struggle with because of me. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of ownership you know that I try to incorporate into those lives so yeah. that parents who are listening realize that your bad day could be a year in therapy for your children
0: <laughs> yeah no it really you know i think i think we so don't really appreciate the ripple effects you know of um our words and our actions and and we don't you know so often i think we we have a tendency to actually just kind of act out and speak out of these rote old old patterns that were actually kind of handed down to us you know god love our parents i mean i love my love love both my parents but you know I learned some great habits and I learned some really unhealthy habits from them and other adults that you know were part of my formative years and you know I think part of the part of the key to all of that is at least for me has been learning how to recognize like hey we all have you know um things that we're really awesome at and we have things that we're just really lousy at Mm -hmm. and the only way we can like really kind of learn to reconcile the good and the bad that are inside of us right is to start learning how to forgive you know forgive the people who have hurt us learn to forgive ourselves when we've hurt other people and like so actually learning how to walk in that tension of like, ooh, I screwed up, let me go. Right. Yeah. And it's I think that's one of the I think that's one of the best things is, you know, um, as older people in our society, I think that's one of the best things we could learn to model for, you know, the next generation coming up is that right? Like hey, this life's crazy and you're going to have awesome days and really cruddy days, but how you'll walk through both of those, you know, and learning the, learning the beauty of forgiveness, um, will help you navigate and, and really just become more of a holistic person.
1: Right. Holistic. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, how many children do you have?
0: So I have two beautiful kids. I've got um, a son, he's 22, and a daughter who is 20, Um, both very um, kind of fiery and independent (laughs) in very different ways, Right. you know, and so it's a joy um, being in this season, watching them kind of step out from underneath uh, my wings, you know, my wings, my nest. Um, and learning to kind of navigate life on their own. So it's really fun getting to know your adult children. Mm, yeah. In new and different ways.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it can be challenging. But man, if you continue to do, continue to do the work on yourself, it yeah. can be one of the greatest gifts ever. Um, sure. Because, you know, being able to give your kids things that your parents didn't give you, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom and I'll talk about certain situations, yeah. you know, and, and she'll be like, you know, well, that was the, that was then, you know, that was the time. That's the way things were done. Um, but for me, what that doesn't do is it doesn't negate how I felt about it and mm-hmm. how I feel about it and my triggers you know, and, and to begin to heal, you have to just accept the fact that you're never going to get an apology. And I think that's what hinders a lot of healing is people are waiting for that validation and that recognition, um, versus just saying my mom did the best that she could with what she had, you know, and, and, but she's my mom and she's the only mom I have the only mom I'm ever going to have. And I need to, just like the teenagers, I need to meet her where she is.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's such a really good word, Jamie, is that, you know, if we're, if we end up sitting around waiting for the person who, you know, done us wrong, <laughs> I've be sitting there a really long time. Right. And so if you're holding up your joy and your happiness and your healing waiting for somebody else. Like, I'm like, why do you want to give that person that much power? Right. You have the capacity to forgive that person. Right. It's like, man, I just, I so forgive my mom for not showing up and being, right. being for me in that moment when I really needed her, but, you know, like she did the best she can. So I'm going to forgive her. Right. And like, okay. So like, how do I move on from here?
1: Right. What does that look like? You know? And I know, know depending on the type of person you are, you would like to have the opportunity to at least express to the person, you know, what, what that was like for you. Um, but if they aren't, in the right frame of mind if they aren't if they haven't started the, to ask the hard questions you know then it's really not going to do you any good and in fact it may trigger you and make it worse
0: yeah it'll just set out this whole dynamic that i promise you you do not want to get sucked into <laughs> I, I, like if somebody is not at a point where they want to um have healing in a particular part of their story, like you can't control that, right? Like you know, we all have freedom. We all get to like show up and be exactly how we want to be. And so, if you're trying to engage with somebody who's, you know, they're not willing to walk in forgiveness. They're not willing to release and let go of you know their thoughts around the situation or the other person and um, you know, there ain't no sense going and banging your head up against that wall. Just go be some and say, you know, hey, all I can do is tend to my own heart. Exactly. Right. And so like powerful people know that powerful people focus on themselves and Mm -hmm. say, yeah, like that's going on that person. Boy, they're a mess, but like they get to be a mess. The question is, what kind of person do I want to be? When I'm around that person. Right. Right. You know, and I think I think that's where it's so valuable to help people figure out, like, hey, who are you? Right. What right. kind of values are important to you? What's it gonna look like for you to yeah. show up? Right. And really yeah. live your values out, regardless of what everybody else is doing. And right. so Yeah. Yeah.
1: My um my grandmother who I lost, um, it'll be a year on wednesday that i lost her thank you and um i didn't even realize until she was gone that she was my anchor in this world um and so then after she was gone i was just in such a place where i just felt like i was just didn't have any spiritual home yeah and um she loved to garden And I went to Italy while my youngest daughter was um, overseas and stationed overseas. And there was this um, near the Colosseum, there was this restaurant that they had actually built out of the rubble from the Colosseum. And so we went and inside it was like caves and it was just really cool. And I put my hand on one of the rocks and I took a picture of it um, because my my grandmother gave me this ring. Mm -hmm. So I took a picture of it and then the next time I saw her, which ended up being the last time, um, I told her, because she had said, I've always wanted to go to Italy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So when I took that picture and I showed it to her and I said, grandmother, you you were there with me. You were there with me and all those thousands of years, you know, um, and so it was, it, was rea- it was a really powerful moment, um, yes. but she used to tell me um, that she liked to garden because she wanted to live by example. So she would say, tend your own garden, and then everybody's going to see by the fruits of your labor, yeah. that's what kind of person you are. So yeah. I'm crafting this TEDx speech um, yeah. that's called Tend Your Own Garden. Ah, so fantastic. that, yeah, so that um, I can tell the story about how that still helps and helped me get through tough times. Um, yeah. Because when you're tending your own garden, garden, you're planting the seeds that you want to be planted and not growing what's been planted for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that. Well, and it's just what a beautiful testimony, right? To, um, your grandmother, right. in her practice, right. And the transformative power of one life lived, right. Right. With this, um, with this concept of, you know, that we are powerful people that We have the capacity, regardless of what's done to us, to choose to show up in a way that we really want to live our lives Mm -hmm. and be an example and model for other people. Hey, you know, this is the way. Right, right. (laughs) This is the way you could live. Right. Like, that's very attractive to people. And when you choose to show up that way, you start giving permission for everybody else right. to start showing up in that same way. Right. And so, you know, that, that just feeds into your whole concept of, you know, take care of your own garden and the fruits that come from that, man, like watch How attractive that is to other people, Mm -hmm. and birds start showing up, start showing up. (laughs) Other people, like, hey, what's she got going on, man? Like, she's always got a smile on her face. She's always like really loving and kind. Like,
1: what's up with that shit Right, and that that should be that's my goal. And I I have not always been that way. Um, You know, looking back on things. I was very negative um, and just always played the victim role Um, and it wasn't until um, both my daughters were grown and gone and I had to concentrate on myself, you know, instead of concentrating (laughs) on on everybody else.
0: I got to (laughs) start working on me.
1: You know, and I wake up in the morning grumpy and it's nobody's fault but mine. (laughs) yeah you know so and at that point you can either do what my mother did and you know continue on that same path um or I could look around and say okay all that shit happened to me and it sucked yeah but what am who am I going to be moving forward you know so, and my youngest daughter and I are so much alike. And I tell her all the time, living for other people, putting everybody else first, not concentrating on yourself, got me here. Yeah. 48 years old, overweight, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. no home of my own. Yeah. So you don't want to go down that path, you know, and I tell her, um, mm-hmm. And she's already leaps and bounds above where I was when she, when I was 23, when, when I was 23, I had two kids, you know, and she owns her own home. My oldest daughter just bought her own home, you know, and I just kind of stand back and say, um, I did, I did some stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? I did some stuff pretty good, but they're succeeding in spite of the bad. Yeah, sure. So, you know, and I I hope that, you know, this series that I'm doing, I'm going to eventually package it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to get as many people to watch it because all of the different people that I talk to, they mm-hmm. all have a different spin on life and the world but what's always consistent is is serving yeah you know that heart of a servant yeah. um it's it's powerful to talk to so many people and see so many good people out there because you know the loud obnoxious rude squeaky wheel <laughs> sure sure especially on the internet <laughs> you know, gets, you know, gets the most attention. So this series is really dedicated to those people who are just starting, you know, to kind of look around and say, Hmm, I'm not happy. Why aren't I happy? Why did I react to that way, to that situation that way, you know? And then hopefully those 20 something moms will continue to do what made them happy before they had kids and continue to put themselves first, you know? Um, How do you feel about that, Uh, the idea that moms need to put their kids first? You know? Yeah. How do you feel about
2: that? Well,
0: you know, I guess, oh that's like that's a really you know that's a tough hard question you know but um it, and I might risk um offending some people and <laughs> I hope I did do that but you know I think really it goes back to you know your grandmother's wisdom like Tinder and garden like like I had you know I had two incredible kids and um and and they both don't get me wrong like they both have their challenges <laughs> in very very different ways um but the thing that i realized was that you know if if i wasn't in a good space mm. then ain't nobody gonna be in a good space like, <laughs> you know, like, just like just like own it like um i know uh, like i'll give a really concrete example of that um i was um Married for 22 years and um, ended up walking through a divorce that I didn't really see coming, um, which was probably part of the problem. Mm. <laughs> didn't see yeah. it coming. Um, but during that time, like I walked around with a lot of anger and a lot of um, um, yeah, just a lot of anger, a lot of unforgiveness. Yep. Um, towards my husband at the time. But what I started noticing up was that my anger and my unforgiveness, they weren't hurting him. It was bleeding out in my house. It was having such a horrible impact on my kids. Like I was short tempered. I was constantly frustrated. I was never happy um, and let me tell you, I can play the victim really well. <laughs> and, um, one of the things, you know, my, my, uh, my beautiful daughter, like, I just love her because boy, she'll call me a black yeah, And just like, she came home and she says, you know what? You're a real bitch. And I'm like, oh, man, talk <laughs> down. <laughs> hey, you're going to talk to your mom that way, right? Um, but she was right. Yeah. I was walking around just not taking care of myself and that's when I realized like hey I gotta get I need to deal with my anger yeah over this situation I need to deal with my feelings of being rejected mm-hmm. deal with my feelings of feeling abandoned deal with my feelings of like how dare you leave me in this space right. you know right with right. our two kids and um and that's when I realized like when I took the time to get healthy myself I could be healthy for my kids right and then our house started being this healthy space where guess what you you can show up my kids you guys can show up on your worst day here and I'm still going to love you right gonna figure this out so, you know, the, the, the thing when you get on the airplane and they're like, like, if there's a rapid loss <laughs> there's air pressure, these air masks will fold it. Put the mask on yourself. Like, right. I think that's so self-centered. Right. But the truth is, like, I'm not good for anyone if I'm not good for me. Right. And so, you know, I'm a huge believer in, like, constantly what's going on inside of my heart what needs to be healed inside of my heart so that i can be that space you know you talked about having a home you know to me home is not a physical place Mm. home is a space and home is that space where i can feel known I can be accepted, mm. I can be loved, and I feel like I belong here. Those four things are what make up home. And so ensuring that our heart is taken care of, right, that we're tending at, yep. and that we feel those four things in our own lives allows us to create that space right. for our kids. You know, so I'm a huge believer in, you know, the air, get the air mask on yourself. Right. Right. Sit down, shut up, put your seatbelt on, get the air mask on. Right. And then put the air mask on your kids, Yeah. you know? So, so that's just my, my I love
1: it. I, I, I completely agree with it. And, you know, had, I, really embraced that concept when my kids were little. Um, I know that, you know, things would not have been as difficult. um, But I went through all of that for a reason. I firmly believe and and know now um, that I went through all of that um, for a very good reason. So, you know, when I talk to new moms, I used to run a women's leadership circle um, at my my job and I loved it. Um, uh, For four years, I I did it and we met once a month um, and I would always come, you know, come up with topics and books to read and, you know, um, guest speakers and stuff. And I, 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 I adored it and I know that I stayed at my job simply because of that women's leadership circle because the, the um you know what you get from women fellowshipping in a positive manner is just it's unbeatable you can't you know um but in that group that's what i always told new moms you know i know that it's hard for you to hand your newborn baby over to your mother-in-law, or over to your husband, but you need to do that at least once a week, and you need to leave the house, and you need to do something just for you, and that's not grocery shopping, that's not picking up the dry cleaning, <laughs> you know what I mean, and um, and they would always be like, oh my gosh, I could, I could never, why, you know, but I feel like society has this built in, once you have a baby, you know, you're no longer a standalone important person, you know? And, um, yeah, I think that needs to be said more often.
0: Yeah. I think it indicates to me, like, I just, you know, one of the things that, that I know I personally, um, kind of experienced is like when I became a mom. I was kind of at the top of my game in corporate America. I mean, really? I was a director of human resources, and um, you know, I I wanted to. I had my kids a little bit later in life, so I wanted to be with them. Like right. I really wanted to pour myself into them, and and luckily, I, I was financially able to do that. Um, And you know, I, one of the things that I wrestled with, you know, mm-hmm. during that time from transitioning from being in boardrooms and and flying on corporate jets and working with really important people, was now I'm at home, and I, and and my most complex conversation is, um, so tomato, <laughs> or lettuce for today apple or peach yeah (laughs) and like i lost i'm like and and this is where i started really realizing ooh, i got most of my identity from what i did yep and i think for um i think all of us men and women in general we have a tendency to buy off on three lies around who we are Mm. The first one is I am what I do. Yeah. Right. So we know these types. This is me, man. I'm I am what I do. What did <laughs> I build today? What did I accomplish today? Um the the second lie that people um often bite off on is I am what I have. Mm-hmm. Like so if I have a big fancy house and a nice car and I have lots of friends. Right. I am what I have, the network I right. kind of knotted up in. The third lie that um that people write mm. off on is I am what others say, think, or believe about me. Mm. And I think if we can start recognizing that those are actually lies, number right. one. And number two, which ones really got its hook in you? Mm. You are on the verge of actually discovering who you are at your core, outside of those things. And I think, you know, part of our journey is learning, you know, at my core, who am I -hmm. outside of those things that people around me want to say, what I drive, what I have or what I do, right? Who am I at my core? that is unchanging, you know, that essence, where was that? You know, I, I often think, you know, that six-year-old, seven-year-old right. little, little kid, like <laughs> think about that essence. It's just like, wow like, I'm showing up, I'm big and Like getting back to that, just a simple joy of like, wow, you know, This is who I am. And it's not dependent on any of those things that change. Right. Jobs change. Right. Where I live, what I drive can constantly change. My friends friends change. change. Right. Like you, you talked about an anchor, right? Like you gotta have an anchor and that anchor can't be hooked out there in something that is changing it has right. to be hooked in something that is you know unchanging that is right. solid and secure and so so yeah I'm sorry I went off on a soapbox no that, but.
1: no I love it I love it um so what made you get into um entrepreneurship what was the catalyst
0: Really the catalyst was walking through my divorce Mm -hmm. and, um, part of my decision making process, um, at that time was my kids were, um, nine and seven at the time. And I realized like, for my kids sake, this is happening at the worst time because that's when they're forming up who they are. Right. And so I made a a decision that I want to be the mom that is there when we're walking through a hard time. I want to be a mom that is there for you, um, to provide stability in this highly unstable time. Right. And so I made the choice. I do not want to go back to corporate America. Mm -hmm. Could have have stepped back in, stepped back into a six-figure income. We would have been financially secure, and I would have never made any of my kids fencing tournaments. I would have never made my daughter um, being highly engaged and active in volleyball. I wouldn't have been able to just be there for them when they got home off the bus. And so for me, it was a it was an intentional decision that said, nope, I want to be there for my kids. So I need something to do that allows me to craft my calendar and my schedule around being there for them. Right. And so that's really, it was, you know, kind of born out of a, a necessity in which I felt, no, I'm going to live my values out over financial security. And that's you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. (laughs) You say you want to, you know, that you want to provide this space for your kids. Okay. You willing to live that out? Right. Right. And so that's what, that was the catalyst for doing it. Um, and, and I think the second was just, you know, what got me into, um, not just being an entrepreneur and, and setting out on this journey was that I felt like I could help other people. Hey, don't get your identity all knotted up in these three lies. Hey, don't get your self-worth, your value from other individuals. Right. Like just by virtue of breathing and right. living, you are this incredible, powerful person with just inherent dignity. And how can I help others do that? And I was right. like, well, I'm good at coaching people. and did that in corporate America when you're in human resources you're constantly coaching right yep (laughs) and so it was a really easy segue for me to say okay like this is what I'm passionate about helping others gain clarity around identity and purpose and how to live it out in community Mm -hmm. so well let's give it a whirl and see (laughs) if it works (laughs) so tell us Tell us what you do. Tell us. um... Yeah. So I would define myself as basically a life and business strategist. Um, And so what I do is I'm very passionate about helping individuals and organizations walk through change or walk through transition. Um, And I do that by helping them get anchored in their identity and their purpose and how they can live that out. Um, so the how is often what I would label values or strategic plans or goals and action steps. And so, um, so that's what we do, work with individuals. I love working with individuals, love working with groups of people um, um, and really thrive in both of those spheres. So when I'm working with individuals, it looks a lot like life coaching mm-hmm. um, and just helping them walk through change. Um and then when I'm working with organizations, a lot of times it looks like organizational development, it looks like helping organizations kind of navigate team issues or um more importantly, issues around ooh, we can't keep doing business the way we're doing it. Mm. We need to shift and actually pulling all of the players at the table together and recrafting, okay. Who are we at right. this, at this table? Why are we here? What is it that we do together and how do we want to do that? You know, so a lot of times it looks like helping organizations craft new vision statements and mission mm-hmm. statements. A lot of times it looks like helping them craft strategic plans. So that in a nutshell is what we do, life and business strategists.
1: <laughs> I, I love it. And it's, it's very much needed um, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, would you be working with a lot of leadership at those organizations? Like so on a a lot of- times, yeah.
0: So a lot of times we get called in by the leaders of an organization, or it could even be like the leaders over a small team within a larger organization. So we've worked you know i've worked with uh, texas state university of texas um and i've also worked with teams embedded within organizations and so um we like to we like to work with people who have that aha moment Like, oh, this ain't working for us anymore yeah yeah and so it, it, it looks a lot of different ways
1: yeah that's awesome yeah that's that's wonderful, and I feel like um, small business owners, mm. because they wear so many different hats, um, yep. they struggle with that because their identity and their um, culture right, you know their business is just so meshed, you know there's no kind of separation um, yeah. and i I could see that being a valuable opportunity you know Mm -hmm. once you you know have two to five people that you have working for you even you know if they're outsourced or if they're you know remote and all over the place um, I could see that being a, a very valuable opportunity for small business owners.
0: Yeah well and here's the thing too is that even we work with a lot of individuals who are wanting to make that shift into, Hey, I, I, I want to do my own thing. Like I'm tired of working for somebody else. Right. And a lot of times, you know, people start with, well, what is it that you want to do? Mm. And I don't like starting there Yeah. Um, because why? Because it hooks into a lie. Right. Right. <laughs> like, let's start with, do you know who you really are? Because right, until right. you know who you are, it's really difficult to know what you are to do. Right. Right. And so we work with a lot of, a lot of individuals who are wanting to move into kind of entrepreneurial activities. And we always start with,
1: who are you? Right. That's, that's perfect. Um, because my specialty is helping people craft their story and telling those stories in a way that resonates with their clients and customers. Um, Because once you can, uh, there's four pillars. You define your story, you refine it, you embrace it, and then you share it with the world. So those four things you have to do with your story.
0: (laughs) You, You would love it. Like you and I, at some point probably ought to have a conversation about my coaching model that I use because you just articulated it. We just you just used four different words, but like we, we got the same model going on.
1: And I love it because, you know, when when you think about, you know, if money was no object, what would you do? You know, if money if you never had to worry about money. Um, and my first love language is food, clearly. But I love to eat and I love to feed people, right? So if I could open up like a big, huge restaurant and feed people for free and sit down and listen to their stories, that's what I would do all day long because learning about people and their struggles and what they've been through, what they've learned is just fascinating to me and I love it. Yeah. So what would you do if money was no option, no object?
0: Oh, I'm doing it right now. I mean, like, at the end of the day, like I'm crazy passionate about creating those spaces where people get to know who they really are, why they're here, and how they can actually live that out. So, like, like that's what I live and breathe. I mean, if you read any of my blogs, if you watch any video I ever do. Like I would be doing this, whether I got paid or not, like wow. I'd sign up and go serve ice cream somewhere so I could just keep doing this. Right. Um, I've just been fortunate enough to where I can earn an income doing what I love. Right. And so, you know, that's what, that's what I do. Like I'm crazy passionate about that.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's so funny.
0: Spaces where people can show up and be authentically themselves. Right. No pretense, no judgment here. Like you could show up all in your beautiful self. Yep. We're going to just ask questions, yep. explore <laughs> where do you want to go, how you want to get there, right? Okay. And then we're going to narrow that down. Like, so which one do you really feel right. is the right next step for you? Okay. Let's engage with that. What will it look like for you to express that when you leave here? Right. Go out and just do it. Yep. So- so yeah, so I'm doing what
1: I'm crazy passionate about. <laughs> That's awesome. And and so am I, and I'm, you know, I walked away from a really good job that I had actually was fortunate enough to create. So, um, and it was awesome until I looked around and realized that I had created my own cage. And then I was so unhappy. You know, and I couldn't confide in anybody because everybody was like, well, you worked so hard for that. And, you know, you thought, you know, you said that was exactly what you wanted to do. Um, And I just didn't know at the time that it wasn't. Um, And so it was hard for me to walk away from it. Um, But now, you know, things are really tight. You know, we're living in a 28 foot camper in somebody's backyard.
0: Hey girl, that's okay. I live in a tiny house. I live in, I think it's 399 square feet and I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like it gives me, it gives me the freedom to do what I want to do.
1: Right. Right. And that's exact, that was exactly my goal. I was like, you know what? Um, It's time for me to really do this you know, cause all these years I've been kind of doing it here and there and working full time, trying to go to yeah. school and work full time and run my business. And, you know, and I finally just said, you know what, there's no time like the present. And. Right. And what's so really I,
0: stopping you? You right. know,
1: exactly. what's really stopping
0: you, you know, so. Self-doubt. Like, you, girl? <laughs> like, Thank you? You? like, I'm super excited. Like when people are, this is, this is how I like, kind of like, you, it sounds bad. Like, but I evaluate where somebody's really at, like you willing, you willing to put your money where your mouth is. Right. <laughs> are you really willing to step out and do that dream? Cause if you are, woo-hoo. Yep. like I'll walk with you as long as the day is long. Right? right. Right. Yep. And and it's okay if you're not quite there yet. Of course. If there's something going on, you got to form things up inside yourself. But at a certain point, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you got to be willing to pull the trigger, right? Yep. And if you want to take other people there, right, you can't take them where you haven't been.
1: Absolutely. So you got to be able
0: to walk through that journey, right? Right before you can turn around and say, hey, let me help you up here. Right, Bob.
1: right? <laughs> right. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, this has been amazing. Tell everybody where they can get a hold of you.
0: Yeah, so the easiest place to find us is on the internet, <laughs> um, www.ggatx.com or just Google Greater Grounds. Um, you can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Instagram.
1: Perfect. Lisa, thank you so much for rescheduling. I'm so glad we did. It was oh, awesome to talk to you and I will um, see you in the virtually unlimited. What is it? Virtually limitless. Virtually limitless entrepreneurs. Right. right. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> okay. yeah. Hey, when you go to um, share this or publish it, like I would love to um, be able to just kind of help promote it with you. Um, so be sure to ping me and, um, you know, um, I don't know, do you have a mailing list or something that so I can kind of stay connected with what you're doing? Cause I, like, I really want to help you out as much as I can. Oh,
1: thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. I will forward you that. And fantastic. every interviewee gets a, the raw copy of their interview. So you'll get the MP4 of this. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well,
0: Jamie, it's been great getting to, um, just share this time together
1: and, um, I
0: hope you're uh, radically blessed in what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I believe I will be. Yeah. (laughs) You have a good day.
0: All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.